Hi, everyone. This is Tim Martinez, Impact Healthcare's uh, co-founder and CEO. I'm happy to share with you all that I'll be conducting a weekly interview style employee spotlight uh, so that we can all get to know each other a little bit better and hear directly from the amazing people that make up this organization. I'm excited to, to, to do these interviews and I hope uh, you enjoy them. This week, we're going to change things up a little bit, and our spotlight is on Ansa Stadas, Director of Human Resources and the longest tenured person at MPAC. Let's get to know Ann. Hello. What's up? Anxiety. Oh, my God. Why? I don't know. Like, I just prefer to be like a wallflower. I just think we should just chat about... Um, I guess your experience at MPAC throughout the last now nine years, which you were, you were technically at MPAC before MPAC even existed. Yep. So everybody knows you, you're probably the most recognizable name at MPAC, but do they really know you? Um, and so let's go back to the beginning. Um, because you you came, you came on to MPAC in a very unique way, right? Probably probably unlike anybody else. So maybe let's just start there. What? Um, how did that happen? Some people know my pre-MPAC story and some people don't. Generally speaking, I was in corporate America, left because I was wanting to do something like a little bit more with my life, go back and get my prereqs done for nursing school. Started that in like 2009-ish, I think. During that time, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and totally fine now, but kind of through that process and I, I got into like an MSN program in like 2011, but just kind of going through that and juggling the demands of the MSN program, it was just a little too much and overwhelming for me. So at that point, I had felt kind of a little lost in my current PCP at that time was Sherry Gillian. And she's like, Hey, I'm starting my own clinic. Why don't you come over and manage it for me? Okay. I mean, I've got nursing prereqs. I might be a little like kind of finagle through this with your patients. But so that's kind of how it all started. And then I honestly don't know if MPAC chose me or was chosen by default. <laughs> when you and Jason Sherry were kind of taking on this new venture, kind of just asking me like, hey, we need an HR manager. Why don't you come over and do that? And okay, uh, don't get me wrong. I was totally felt like a fish out of water. And it was just like that culture shock of, oh my God, what do I do in this role? I interview people. Okay, haven't done that before. Let's talk about payroll and benefits. New to me too. Out of all of this, I don't think I would, if I could go back, I would not change a single thing about how my life trajectory happened since 2011, 2012. So I guess that's kind of how I got looped into MPAC. Yeah. So um, I'll add some more context around that. It was specifically 2014. And the move you made was literally across the street from a hospital-based clinic to a uh, an interior office with no windows above a tattoo shop on Irving Park and Broadway as we were trying to figure out how to solve this problem of healthcare delivery in the senior care space sucks. 
can we do anything about making that better? And, um, and yeah, it all started, it all started there. Um, and it's going to come first full circle because we're going to get tattoos on <laughs> your anniversary at what was, God, what was it called? Royal flesh. Royal flesh tattoo on Broadway and Irving park. So. That's right. We, we did agree to 10 year anniversary to get MPAC tattoos. I'm sure we can probably get a couple more people in, including, um, I'm sure Christian would yep. jump on board. All right. So that was 2014. Um, and you literally did everything under the sun, um, and probably still continue to do whatever is needed. Um, as we've j just tried to figure out what the hell it is that we need and what it is that we're doing and how the hell that we add value and, um, and I think today we know better than ever before what we're doing and how to do it. Um, but it's been, it's been a road. It has been a journey. <laughs> Maybe sticking to the questions I typically ask, um, not client or not like patient facing, but is there something that sticks out in your mind over the last nine years that was really kind of meaningful for you that, that is, um, that sort of made you step back and be like, I'm glad I'm doing this. or I'm glad I'm part of this, this this crazy train. I can't pinpoint like one thing in the last nine years, but there's a lot of reasons of why I stay with MPAC. I stay with MPAC for everything that we stand for. Like our core values aren't just words. It's really part of the culture that we've worked hard on cultivating. I stay with MPAC because I know we're doing something so much bigger than just providing care to patients. It's really changing like whole healthcare landscape. And I think we're doing a great job and we're going to keep doing even better. I honestly, I stayed with MPAC because I, MPAC believes in me, even when I didn't necessarily believe in, can I build an HR department? Let's give it a whirl, you know? And that's, I think that says a lot about the leadership of our company, really having the, the trust and the belief in who we are and the people that we hire on, the autonomy that we're all about. Um, which was huge. And even from like a corporate level to like a clinician level, like our voices are truly heard. I've been part of the bigger corporate machine where you don't really get to have the opportunity to see an effect change. So I've had a really unique perspective over the last nine years to kind of really quote unquote, see what's behind the curtain. A lot of challenges that we've faced in the past, things that hopefully we'll never see again, but I can honestly say without hesitancy that we're truly an employee centric company that provides an invaluable service to really an underserved community. And I, those are a litany of reasons and really not even all of them, but the main ones for what is memorable for me at MPAC and why I stay here. Awesome. I think that was pretty important early on. I think for me in particular, I also came from like a big corporate kind of, you know, bureaucratic machine and you just sort of were dictated how things happened. And um, I didn't want to be a part of an organization like that anymore. And so um, I am proud that we've held on to that as we get bigger. And I think um, we have a model for hanging on to that. Um, uh, I, I love the culture committee. Um, I love what came out of it. <laughs> Probably one of the best ideas MPAC leadership had because we've already reaped so much change from just having one session. Uh, well, not one session, one like inaugural group. And we're now in like our second 
six month group, just the commentary that's coming from that already has really been a catapult for, for change for what really our employees really need and want out of a company. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like we did, I think with healthcare in this space, like I always use this term, like we flipped it on its head. We, we flipped how clinicians were paid, right? Forget the, you get paid for every dollar that you collect. That just like, I came from a model where that worked as a non-healthcare right <laughs> business person. I understand it, but from a healthcare perspective and as a healthcare consumer and as a taxpayer and as a human being, I was like, this is horseshit. How, do, how does that make sense? It's a machine. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. And it's not providing like the quality care that is patients deserve. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's keep flipping it on its head until we keep making the changes that need to happen. Yeah. So just like that, right. Instead of dictating and mandating top down, let's flip it on its head and get feedback. Right. I have no idea what it's like to be in a building providing either medical or mental health care to a patient, especially in some of these more challenging environments, somebody with psych issues, somebody with tons of social determinants of, of, you know, health that have just plagued them their entire lives. I have no clue. I can't even imagine what that's like. And so how the hell are we going to make decisions, not even knowing what it's like to be in that situation? So best case scenario is the people that know tell us, hey, here's what would be helpful. Here's what would be beneficial. Here's what we need. That that to me makes sense. Totally. Some changes have happened quickly. Some changes have been voiced over the years, still trying to keep figuring out. And we make the changes and then we implement and then we get feedback and we readjust which is where I think we've landed with like a lot of great changes that have happened in the last, honestly, three months or so with just our licensed clinical social workers and just company-wide and what we're going to be trying to do as we continue to grow and, and move forward. So I, I find that all like super exciting. All right. Well, if we ever stop doing that, um, make sure you reach out and slap me on the wrist and uh, check me. <laughs> okay. And leave impact if we stop making changes and pushing forward yeah well before we before you do that just check me to make sure that we get back on track right that's right so that you don't have to leave (laughs) you will have to fry my impact hoodie out of my cold dead hands (laughs) all right um maybe maybe one final question for you um and i know i didn't prepare you for this one but just you know off the cuff I know it's been it's been a long road, right? We've we started with with an idea, we've pivoted, we've changed so many different things. We've added a ser- couple service lines, right? We were just going to be we were we were going to hire physicians assistants and plug them into nursing homes and right, we we're going to do that across 40 buildings in in Chicagoland if we got lucky and that was going to be it, right? And now we look nothing like that. Um we, we have operations across the country and growing. We have now it's strictly nurse practitioners on the medical side. We have a strong mental health care program. We have a, um, a really unique telehealth program, which also, right, there's been tons of companies that have popped up millions and millions of dollars invested in their technology. And we, came, we flipped it on its head and said, let's focus on communication and a very easy to use tool and we have an awesome telehealth program. So, um, so it's been a long road. Um, what, what are you excited for? So 
So I think out of just, like you said, seeing what we initially had planned for impact, taking a hard right and just 180ing it, seeing already where we've grown in the last nine years, I think I'm really excited just to continue to see where the company is going to grow. We have an idea, we have a thought and we're like, oh my God, that thought and idea can be even better and make more of an impact on the services that we're providing our communities, our patients, and even like our employees. So as we continue to grow company-wide, I am excited selfishly for a lot of the internal growth that's going to happen. You know, people coming in that can really have that experience to make impact even better, the knowledge base, the experience that they've had to really help us keep chugging the train up over the hill. I am excited to see what our clinicians do, what our company does for healthcare, but I'm also really excited to see how we can continue to grow within the company internally, specifically like the HR department and our corporate team on how we can make this just an even better place to work for current employees, for future employees. I don't even think we've hit the top of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much underneath that water right now that we're going to be able to do and provide that really excites me for what's to come, the future of impact. So that honestly excites me every day when I come in to work. Well, I could not agree more. Um, I was just having a conversation with Gwen. I think it was yesterday where I told her, I want to, I want to know the least amount about this space, right. In the future. Like I want individuals who really, really have a certain level of expertise and experience that, you know, I think we've done an amazing job and I think it took an outside perspective and maybe outsiders from the industry to look and think about things differently. Um, but we need a combination of experience and that fresh look. And now I'm excited to like layer on experience and like really supercharge this thing and, and, and go. And I want to be the dumbest person in the room, right? I want to like look around and be in awe that like, oh, that's an amazing idea. Like, I can't believe like we're going to be able to do this. This is awesome. Let's go. <laughs> No, I agree. That's the ultimate goal is brought in like the best of the best to really change the space and make this in an awesome company. And I wholeheartedly believe that's the path that we're on. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, just like, just like nothing. Else. <laughs> the last nine years have had their ups and downs, but we, we know how to make it work. We have the perseverance and the dedication. So that's right. And if, and if it was that easy, then everybody would be doing it. And, um, and it's not that easy and it's a, it's a big challenge. And I think COVID is COVID's made it more challenging. Healthcare is a very, very difficult environment. There's a shortage of mental health providers. There's an increase in mental health needs, the baby boomers, right? That wave is coming. It's just all this stuff is happening. Um, and, and we don't need to be able to hire all the nurse practitioners and all the clinical social workers out there in the world, we need to hire the good ones, the best ones, the ones that fit our culture. And we need to hire enough to meet the demand that we have in front of us. And so that's our challenge. That is a challenge, but I think we're more than up to the task for it. So absolutely. All right. Well, I know this is a little bit uh, last minute. I put you on the spot and um, to be our first non-clinical spotlight. I felt it was appropriate starting this, starting this new year. Um, I, sorry, I didn't prep you and gave you anxiety, but I really, 
I wanted it to be like it's been in the past where we just catch up in the hallway and just talk about, you know, shit that's going on at, at MPAC, the good, the bad, the ugly, but why, why it is that we continue to stick it out and why, why it is that we continue to be excited as difficult as it is sometimes. I feel honored and I will let my anxiety kind of subside now that our call is ending. MPAC is awesome. I'm grateful for everything that MPAC has done for me, our employees and our community, and I'm looking forward to the next 20 plus years. Well, on the flip side, I'm thankful for you and get like really, really I'm honored to get to work with you and have for the last nine years, you've been um, an amazing support and just jumped in wherever you could and wherever, sometimes even if you didn't feel like you were <laughs> ready for it or, or had the skill set, you jumped in and you've done an amazing job and it's been awesome. So really, really appreciate that. I will. I, I am very appreciative as well. All right. Well, thanks for being my non-clinical guinea pig and for chatting. And you now get to edit this thing. I will edit this accordingly. So thank you. <laughs> All right, Anne. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. This spotlight's going to be a little bit of a hybrid. You just heard a conversation with Anne, and uh, we touched on multiple topics, um, including a little bit of history on an MPAC and kind of where we where we came from. Um, and we're going to roll right into. Um, some exciting things we have brewing and some things to expect uh, here in uh, 2022. So I um, hope you um, all enjoyed hearing more about Anne and hope you're excited about um, what's to come. And um, thanks for listening. $17 billion. If you've ever spent time with me or been around MPAC long enough, this number might sound familiar. If you're new to MPAC, you may or may not be surprised to learn that the care that has historically been provided to our seniors has been reactive, subpar at best, and has led to, according to CMS estimates, around $17 billion of annual waste in healthcare spending. Now, it's not as if you know, a ton of money was being spent and seniors were getting you know, this amazing level of care. Uh, it's that they weren't getting good enough care and the delivery of that care has been inefficient. And this ultimately is the problem that we set out to solve. We wanted to provide uh, better care, a more efficient delivery model of care, and at lower cost, thereby reducing some of that $17 billion of waste. Now, as we wrap up year two under a cloud of COVID uh, that is undoubtedly impacted you know, our personal and professional lives, I do remain cautiously optimistic that despite the setbacks that continue to occur, we are moving forward and the future looks bright. Because of the incredible work done by the entire MPAC team, our value proposition of raising the standard of care for our seniors is as strong and evident as ever. This has led to discussions with some of the largest and most respected organizations in the senior care space. Throughout 2021, we've executed large-scale agreements with four uh, groups spanning across nine states and covering nearly 300 skilled nursing and assisted living communities. We also have several other partnership discussions in the works and expect to close on some of those in the coming months. We've added key individuals to lead our recruiting and data analytics efforts and bolstered our already strong team with new additions. 
We also made changes to our compensation structure to better align with our goals of fair compensation and rewarding hard work. I can honestly say that MPAC today is in the best position it has ever been in its eight year history. While other organizations struggled through the challenges that accompanied the pandemic, MPAC thrived and is coming out of 2021 a stronger and more capable organization ready to make a giant leap forward. But what does that leap forward mean? When I think about the reasons why we started MPAC in the first place, three things come to mind. First of all, after learning more about how care was delivered in this space, we really wanted to change that and raise the standard of care. Two, I wanted the time that I spent working to be meaningful and have a positive impact on people's lives. And three, I wanted to assemble and work with a team of amazing human beings. And maybe eventually some animals if we ever roll out a pet therapy program. That wouldn't suck. The position we find ourselves in now will put MPAC even more on the map and impact even more lives than ever before. We'll assemble an even greater number of amazing people to help push our mission forward. This growth and impact will naturally create new areas of opportunity for professional growth as we expand and create new positions and service lines. It's worth noting that one service line in particular that is a major focus for us is psychiatric services. We believe that we can create a model that paired with our already strong NP, LCSW, and telehealth programs will become a best-in-class service offering. We'll also be evaluating other services that we believe can add value to the patients we serve, the operators we partner with, and MPAC as a whole. Now, you've no doubt already noticed the recent flurry of, you know, welcome to MPAC activity on Huku. This is just the start of what's to come throughout 2022 as we welcome more and more amazing people to our organization. As we continue to push to raise the standard of care for our seniors, I wanna thank you all for your incredible efforts throughout this past year and hope that you are all excited as I am for what's to come for MPAC and all of us.